Hey everybody out in podcast land, it's David coming at you with a brand new podcast. This is the opening to the podcast today, and the title of it is going to be, Don't Be Sedated. We're going to talk about a little bit of a heavy subject. I'm going to explain to you something I'm going through right now, and I hope it's a blessing to you out there, and I know the Lord, who has created everything, has a plan for you. He has a plan for your family. And he has a plan for everybody that you know. But you can't be sedated today. Don't live a life of sedation. Sit back. Grab a cup of coffee. Share this link with somebody. Please share it on your Facebook. Share it in an email. Share it in a text. Copy the link and paste it and send it. Get the word out. If you believe in what I'm doing and you trust what I'm doing is the word of God. And that I'm not doing it out of man's ability then please help me get the word out. And with that, God bless. Hey, everybody on Podcast Line. It's David coming at you with a brand new podcast. Well, I figured I can try to give you a podcast today. It's been a while, but... I think by now you guys have gotten used to the length of time between podcasts, and I hope you understand why. The main reason is um, I have not been able to eat food since July, maybe even before July, sometime in June, because of almost a whole month of July, I didn't eat no food at all, just drink water when I could, and uh, went almost four weeks without no, no food at all, and then figured out how I can eat and the only way I could eat was drinking Ensure and then after a few weeks of that I added um, boiled egg. I can eat a couple boiled eggs, two, three a day sometimes and sometimes I don't. That's all I've been eating since July and you can figure that that's not a good way to to live. That's the best I have right now and on top of that life has to go on you have a family and lots of other things, and I'm not complaining. And um, I hope you don't think I'm a complainer like that. Just telling you what's going on. And uh, today is a significant day because I'll be taking my oldest dog into the vet today to have her put down. She's gotten up in age, and she's starting to have a lot of complications. So we decided today will be the day. So that's what we'll be doing today. Um, a lot of things been going on in the world and when you're in my situation you get to think of things differently and I get a different perspective especially when I read the word of God food I don't even think about food now it's been so long I really don't even think about food there's times I go most of the day and I don't even think about it because (laughs) it's not it causes me more harm than good so it's been taken away from my thought process Except for when my wife's cooking or I go go to a place and I smell the food. And then I'm like, oh, I wish I could eat that. And But trust me, I would not take the alternative to be able to eat anything right now. I want to be totally fixed or find out what's going on before I even try to eat again. The level of trouble that comes out of me eating is not worth anything. So I won't even try that. But, um... It's a really odd thing when you have a dog 
and you've planned the day to take the dog in to have her put down, especially when you've had her for so long, and the dog is oblivious to the moment that will be her last breath. She doesn't even know it's coming. She hasn't got a clue. And today I've been petting her more and taking pictures of her and spending time with her and just watching her and thinking about, you know, when I first got her and those times. But if you think about it, that's that's how we are. We all have a moment that has been allotted to us for our last breath. Many of us have ideas that it's in our older ages or if you're in a sickness, you could be thinking that the sickness could take you out. But none of us know the hour, but we all have been given that hour. It's appointed to every man to live and then to die. Every man will know what it is to take their last breath. We're all going to face that. And just like my dog is walking around oblivious to the moment, there is a moment that's coming, and we're doing it the most humane way we can in our society that we are now, but that's like us. We don't know that moment. And many people are playing the Russian roulette game with their life. They think things like, oh, I got time. Yeah, I know God's real, but I'm, I haven't got the chance to spend my life yet, so I'm going to go out and experience things. I'm going to go out and party. I'm going to go out and try this. I'm going to go out and experience these things because everyone else got to do it, and I hear their testimonies, and I want to do that. And my friend, don't do that. You don't even know if that might be your last moment, and you have no chance to fix a relationship with God, even meet God. You might have heard through him, heard about him through other people. And you're dabbling in all kinds of other things out there. Thinking that you have time. But just like my dog, and her name is Sheba. I had um, three dogs. They were a family. It was King, and then I got Sheba. King was the first one I had to hear back 15 years ago. Back when I first bought my first house. Um, just before I bought it. A few months before I bought my house, my mom was living with me, and I decided to get a dog because I wanted to have a dog, a pet dog for my new house, because I haven't had a dog since I was younger. I had dogs with living with people, but it's not the same because you have to give them up, and they don't have a permanent place or anything, so you just don't do that. And so I, I wanted to get a dog just like when I was a kid, the type of dog that we had as a, a kid. American Staffshire Terrier Pitbull because I remember as a kid we had one as a family and I watched him be taken out of our life too unfairly and those kind of things stick with you as a kid and so I decided I wanted to have a dog when I bought a house and I raised him up and this dog was cool he was a full-blooded I went pretty far to get him brought him home he was a little little guy he was the runt of the liver, litter. I always kind of stick with the runts because that's kind of like what it was when I was a kid. We had the runts. And I realized the runts were the ones that were last picked. They had the least amount of genetics given to them from their parents. They were not the prime pick of the litter. 
But as I found, and maybe you have, the runts have a unique quality. They're some of the most loyal, some of the smartest. I don't know if it's because people just don't give them much stock. And But I just think that's the way God creates things. Things that always look like they're the superior thing that should have everything are usually very unperformative in the end. And they don't meet the desire. But the things that we find that are least in our life are usually the things that are the most. Because when you get older and you realize, I wish I'd have done this more. That was the least that you gave the least amount of thought to, the least amount of credit to. But that was the thing that, that was the greatest in your life. And the things that were the greatest seem to be disappointing. They disappoint you in life. Well, I got this dog. His name was King. I named him King. His, his real kennel name was Viper. And I changed it to King. And after a couple years, I wanted to get him a, a mate. So I went and purchased one. I looked, I wanted a certain kind, everything I wanted. This person shows up and says, I have exactly what you want. It's the last one I have. Here it is, a black female American Staffshire Terrier. So I purchased her and when I saw her, she she looked great, but there was, I had a feeling that she might've been mixed with something, which as she grew up, I knew she was, but I didn't care. By, this, by that time, I just didn't care about it. Wasn't looking to have purebreds or anything like that. And named her Sheba. So we have King and we have Sheba. And then I had, they, I was not planning to breed them for a long time. I was waiting for life to kind of settle down more. She was only two years old, maybe three at the time. King was five. And they snuck off in the room together and came out and I knew I was in trouble. They were gonna have puppies eventually. And I was right. Well, she had a pretty big litter and she almost died giving birth so I had to help give birth to the last puppy that I thought well she continued to get sick over the weekend very sick where she could barely walk but she was still crawling into the 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 puppies beds and feeding the puppies and she would just look at me and she was not one that would talk much and I'd say talk because I taught all my dogs to speak just like when I was a child that's what my family did we taught our dog to count and to bark and to speak and to say yes and no pretty much with his barks and so I taught my dogs to do that and she would never learn it she would never do it she's very stubborn she would look at me with her eyes and turn her head she would never do it and when she was very sick in this moment she would just look at me and through her eyes you could tell what she was saying just by the way she looked at you and the way that her emotions looked at you and so we scooped her up, me and my mom. We took her to the vet. We had to call an emergency vet over the weekend. It was on a Sunday by this time because they told me to give it another night and to give her you no know, water and stuff, see if she's eating. She got worse. So we took her on a Sunday. Emergency, which was very expensive. On a weekend, very expensive. And she had to have surgery. Very expensive. So this dog that was a mutt that I was lied to, now the price I'm putting into her is way more than I purchased her for. But there was a different value that came along by this time of this, 
this dog I'm talking about. So we had to scoop up all these puppies and take with her. And there was a lot of them. I can't remember off the top of my head if there was 12 or 13. I think two of them died in birth. The one that I pulled out as it was stuck in her was really big. But the one that was inside her that was never going to be able to be born was even bigger. And it was, died, it was already dead inside of her. And that's what her problem was. So they did an emergency surgery on her. I got videos and pictures of a lot of the that time. I haven't looked them up in a while. I have to find out where they're at. Maybe I can put a thing together and put it online or something for you guys to see. But we had to save her. We took her in. They did the surgery the next day. We brought her back home with her puppies and we had to nurse the puppies, but she was still taking care of them. She was the best mom. She's probably the best female mom dog I've ever seen that I've ever had or been around. That's all she thought about was her puppies. And she took very good care of them. Well, the very first one that was picked was by a couple crazy girls that came over, picked out this one dog. He was all black, white little paws, and a white streak down his head, almost like the gremlin. And his, they named him and everything. They called him Dozer. They named him. They were going to come back after another day and give the deposit. And they were just making sure the grandma was okay with it. And everything was set. Now, I spent a lot of money on taking care of these puppies, getting them all their shots, dew clawed, um, just took care of them all. Papers for each one of them, their records, and just put a lot of time into it. So, and I wasn't really selling them for a very lot of money, very large amount. Just pretty much the cost and just the trouble that I was going through. And they never came back. Never, They never answered the phones after that. They just never came back. Well, I felt bad for this dog because by this time, everyone was already coming, picking out all the other dogs. And my mom was going to give me one for my birthday. And she picked out this female that we had that was beautiful female. And I ended up putting the female back and said, Mom, let me, let me keep this one. His name is Dozer. I feel bad that he got picked and never was taken. And I'm just going to keep him because that's the kind of person I am. I look at the sentimental things of stuff. And that's a lot of times how I dictate my life. Not the way that most people do it. And so now we have a family. Back to what we were talking about, a family of dogs. We have King, Sheba, and Dozer is the three. Well, we started having some pretty bad weather back about... 10, 10 years ago and we had a pretty major flood in, in Michigan and it was a 100 year flood they called it and it was really bad it destroyed my house, destroyed everything we had to take the dogs out, put them in a kennel at a person's house that let us stay there for a while for almost 6 months and these dogs were never outside dogs and they were never away from me and they really took a beating with the mosquitoes. They were very sensitive skinned dogs already because they were short haired. They didn't go through winters outside very well. They just had a really tough time and they never really recovered from that. Well, a couple years after that major flood, we had a 500 year flood. That was even worse than a 100 year flood. That destroyed my house again after we already went through and fixed it. And my dogs had to go through it again. And this time I had built an outside kennel for them and they went through the same exact thing from the first time 
because you, it's really hard to have dogs inside your house when your house is totally destroyed and you got to go through so much work to try to rebuild it just to get it to where you can live in it as a human and they took a beating again and this time king was the first casualty within a year to two years after that first flood he was in bad shape he was just he either caught something from mosquitoes his allergies were so bad he just couldn't handle it and we ended up having to have him put down which was very sad to me because king was very he was a different dog than all three of them and he he was ended up getting neglected a lot because i had to spend more time with the other two dogs where he was the only dog at one time and he went swimming with me went on road trips with me he did everything with me and now i had to spare a lot of my time for the other two dogs and then went to all these disasters totally neglected just feeding water spending as much time playing with them as i could and that was it which was very little so he was the first casualty and he ended up going before the second flood because I remember having his footprint and everything go through the second flood where it was it was destroyed, all of his stuff I had saved for him. And we ended up salvaging as much as we could out of that, but out of the second flood, Sheba now is going through what he went through. And we brought her through it, but she's never recovered. And Dozer now has lots of allergy and situational problems because of all that. Their ears, all their ears were affected. They've, it's just been bad. They had to be on steroids. Dozer's are supposed to be on steroids the rest of his life. Antibiotics and stuff. Sheba's old enough now where I just didn't spend any more time on her last year for medicines like that because it just, it's not helping her and it's just worse for her. And we wanted to have her put down a long time ago, but it's just really hard to make those decisions. But now I know winter's coming and we just can't be selfish like that and we have to make the best choice and that's what we're making the choice today. My family and I, we've talked about it and that's what we're going to do. But the reason why I'm talking about all this is because of what I said a minute ago in this podcast. We don't know the day or hour that the Lord has chosen for our last breath to be. We don't know that. But there is one. There's one for me. There's one for you. There's one for all of our loved ones. And be as sure as I'm talking to you, it will happen. And it will catch you off guard, just like a thief in the night. Before you worry about a rapture or the coming of the Lord, the chances of you dying and not making it is greater than that happening to you. On the contrary, Jesus had to remind the disciples, the apostles had to remind the disciples, no man knows the hour, but you have to occupy till he comes. You have to keep on going on. You have to keep working. You have to keep ministering. You have to keep doing the things you know that is right. You don't stop. And the disciples did at one time. They sold all their stuff and sat down on the curb and was just waiting for the rapture, just waiting for that time to come where God's going to bring them home or rescue them. And the Jews went through this many times where they thought that God was going to bring a deliverer and he's going to rescue them and fight off the Romans. And they even held up in a a mountainside one time waiting for that last moment. But it didn't come. And just like we're talking about Sheba, they took their last breath and they're here no longer. And we're hundreds of years later, hundreds of years later, almost a thousand years later 
where they thought it was coming at any minute, here we are still talking about it. Now, there should be a sense of urgency in your heart to want to rescue as many people from the grips of hell as you can. Not just yourself, not just those that you worship the Lord with. I fear that we spend more time on them and babysitting than we do reaching for those that are lost because every moment somebody is taking their last breath and that opportunity for them to meet Jesus or get into heaven, the door is closed and they're going to be judged on exactly how their life was. And we don't know that hour. None of us know that hour. So my prayer today and my podcast today is for you to pray and to talk to the Lord about this subject. Not to live in fear, but a sense of urgency. Because there's people out there that are depending on you. You're the hands and feet of Jesus. You're the voice of Jesus. And choices are hard. Life is not always the best on the mountain experience. Sometimes it's the low valleys. It's the low points of your life. You'll reflect. You have to make hard decisions. And it seems like there's a lot of them. And nowadays that we're in, I believe it's the time of sorrows, which I've preached many times in the past, that we were going through the time of sorrows. And they have been magnified. The time of sorrows has been magnified. Evil is rampant. Good now is evil and evil is good. There's a reversal of the things that were common knowledge are no longer common knowledge. It's the opposite. And the clock is still ticking. So, think about these things today. This will be the podcast today. You don't know the hour. No man knows the hour. But there is an hour coming. There is a moment coming where you will take your last breath or that person next to you or the persons that you're familiar with. They will no longer be able to be animated on the earth anymore. They will be asleep until the Lord wakes them up. And either they go to paradise or they go to hell. They go to that beautiful white throne for great greatness to see the Lord and to worship him with the saints and to sing the songs or they go to judgment which is going to be a sad day can you imagine standing before the Lord for judgment when you've lived a life that was so riotous not just riotous but you spoke evil against the Lord you spoke evil against his people You've treated his people bad. You've treated people around you bad. Your lifestyle has been just totally bad. And you got to stand before God. We who have the first fruits of it already know how some of that feels because we've been convicted before or we've made mistakes and been convicted and we stood before God at his altar. And we have felt that, but that is a loving judgment, but totally different than what they're going to face where nobody comes to rescue where there's no option of change. There's no redemption. There's no opportunity to 
be redeemed. That's over. And now you face the music. Do you know how many people in the day and age we are in that are dabbling in new age movements, different ideas? They sidestep the Bible. They don't like God's word. It's good for a moment. It's good for a time of my trouble. Oh, it it fits in here. That's a cute little saying. But that's not who I am. And people are dabbling in all these different things like thinking yourself happy, speaking things into existence. There's yin and yang. There's all kinds of stuff. Mixing religions together. A good part of this religion, a good part of this religion, let's mix it together. And if we just mix it together, we're all going to be happy. These are all lies to conveniently sedate you until that moment of judgment. That's all it is. The devil has learned how to sedate people to keep them in a state before that last breath comes, before that judgment comes. Just like what's going to happen to Sheba. She'll be sedated, she'll fall asleep, and she'll never wake up again. That's how many Christians, that's how many people on this earth are walking each day. Sedated with movies, sedated with music, sedated with drugs, sedated with perversion, just sedated. You're kept in a state until that day. And the same one that's sedating you is going to be punished also. He's not a God. He ain't going to save nobody. He's not going to have a throne. He's not a redeemer. He's a loser that will suffer the same consequence as all those that choose to go to hell. He's going to burn in hell for eternity in punishment and torment where the worm dieth not. He will never find justice for his heart. He will be punished for eternity and know on that day that he made a bad choice himself. He should have never said that he will be God, that he can be like God. He should have never led a rebellion and taking a third of heaven with him to openly provoke the Lord. That's my podcast today. I hope it wasn't too dreary and down, but I want it to be in your face. Wake up. I want you to think about these things. Don't be sedated. Don't live a life of sedation. And with that, God bless. Hey, everybody on Podcast Land, it's David coming at you with a brand new podcast. Well, we are at the end of this podcast today. It is October 23rd, 2023. And I didn't know the date until I just looked at that. I just did this whole podcast, and now I'm finishing up doing the closing of it. But let me leave you with this thought. October 23rd, 1996 was the day that changed my life. I just realized the date today. But October 23rd, I was in a car accident. It was kind of a day just like today, except it was a rain, a light sprinkle in the morning, cloudy. And I was in a car accident with a friend of mine, brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law. And it broke a vertebra in my neck. And 
Not only did it do that, but it permanently put this date in my head from that day. It's the only date I can remember besides my birthday, which sometimes I forget. If it wasn't on July 3rd, knowing that the 4th of July was the next day, I would not remember my birthday. But other than Christmas or the other dates that are burned into our head, this date was burned into my head. And I only say that today because we just have to be on our guard, vigilant. We have to be vigilant for the Lord, vigilant for the things of God. And don't be sedated because accidents and things happen at any moment. Life-changing events happen all the time. But the greatest that we talked about today was your last breath or the last breath of somebody out there that you know. And we all will have that moment. And on the other side of that, when you wake up, we will stand before God. Be ready. Get other people ready. Love the Lord and do what is right. Do his word and live a life that is worthy to be called a Christian. God bless.